What is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another fabulous installment of the Matt and Dennis podcast. Spirits are high, Matt. Spirits are high. I, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't even introduce him. You know he's on the show. He's on the show every week. My best buddy, Matt Scarano. Giants are one and one. Well, uh, very different feeling this week on the pod, Matt, as opposed to last week. How how the hell are you? Nice, I'm doing great. Pleasure seeing you as always. I don't know if I'm going to go as far to agree with you that spirits are high. Oh. Spirits, I wouldn't say necessarily, at least as far as the Giants are concerned, I wouldn't say spirits are low. Okay. I don't know if I go as far as spirits are high. Spirits are in a very interesting position. Spirits are mid? That's spirits what say. No, I, I think they're slightly better than I, I've been told from some of the younger people uh, that work at the company that I work at that mid is not a good thing. So I think spirits are slightly higher oh. than mid. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get all into it. But yeah, excited to see as always. And if uh, if I could have the floor really quick, or I can throw yeah. it back and we can get this out of the way. Um, Take it away. So I don't have anything to say. You asked me why I was wearing all my temple stuff. Well, one, I'm wearing my Bad Boy Mowers Gasparillable Champion T-shirt. I remember the day Lauren got this for me at Tropicana Field, which they turned into a football stadium, which is the worst place on earth to see any sporting event, much less a football game. Um, but Temple One, I was like, I have not been able to own a shirt that says Temple and Champions on the same shirt. And I got my hat. Uh, reason being somber day in the temple community as acting president joanne epps uh suddenly passed away this afternoon not to bring the mood down uh very suddenly um at an event uh held on campus and actually the building that my graduation ceremony was held at years ago back in 2014 the campus community is honestly shocked um she's been with the the university for 40 years where she started as a low-level employee at the Temple Bookstore uh, 40 years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, through rags to riches. And worked her way up and and was planning on retiring uh, in the spring and then put the, really? put the retirement off because of the resigning of her former president because her peers wanted her to take over at least the interim acting role. Um. And she's been in that position since sometime in April and just collapsed suddenly today, was rushed to Temple Hospital right up the road on Broad Street in Philadelphia. And Temple's got their own hospital? Yeah. Yeah, they have an entire, like, health campus slash hospital. Wow. And, uh, yeah, she, was, uh, she died there. And so it's a very, very sad day in the Temple community. And I will be at... Uh, the link uh, this Saturday in Philly. I'll be on campus as well for the Temple Miami game, which the oh. spread spreads minus twenty three uh, and a half for Miami. So I'm sure that'll end well. And the weather is also going to be absolutely terrible with driving rains, ten to twenty mile an hour winds, temperatures somewhere in the sixties. So I'm sure there will be a moment of silence. But I wanted to start the show on a on a sad note and just. Uh, send thoughts and prayers to her family, friends, my fellow Temple Owls and the Temple community. It's a sad day, but we got to get, uh, we'll get back to business. We will mourn and uh, we'll figure out uh, the school, figure out the next way or the next direction the university will go in. So I'd be remiss if I didn't thank her for all her work. 
and, uh, and, and give a shout out to her sad day uh, in the temple community. But we move on, Dennis. Thank you for giving me that time. Yeah, I don't really know where to go from here. You poo-pooed my high spirits talk. Sorry. Now we have people dying, sadly, just a few short months away from their retirement. We'll get back in there. You know, you know. I, I think we just hit the stop button. We just upload this one as is. You know, um, to, to the listeners, you know. You know how much uh, Temple means to me, so I had to. I had to give a shout out and point one up to the sky for for. Miss. And then, sadly, they're probably going to have a very nice, uh, reflective moment, and then a full-on probably shellacking by Miami, who seems to indeed be "quote unquote" back at least for this year. They'll find a way to screw it up. They always kind of do. But Tyler Van Dyke, number one rated quarterback in the ACC right now. Kind of and pretty much, pretty much rooting to cover the spread at that point, which is going to consist of Temple's going to, if they are fortunate enough to get the ball first, they're going to need some points, and then pray to God you force a turnover, otherwise that game will be over real, real quick. I mean, unfortunately, we won't probably get into it too much, but, I mean, very overlooked this week. This is a bonkers crazy slate for college football this week. It's like six or seven ranked-on-ranked matchups. There's a couple that are – not ranked on rank, but still like Clemson, not ranked Florida state is a massively impactful game. Washington state is home for Oregon state, Oregon state's top 15 team. Washington state has one of the best quarterbacks that nobody knows of in cam ward right now. So it's obviously it's highlighted uh, by your boys team, Notre Dame at home, taking on the Ohio state university already hammered the money line already hammered the spread Irish getting points at home. Come on. Plus three. Dennis, if you want to drive the road and just spend all your time watching Temple Miami while we get drenched. What time's the game? 3.30, which I believe is the same time as that game, isn't it? No, Notre Dame's at 7. Oh, so there's another big game at 3.30. I, I well, it's uh, – I mean, Oregon, Colorado's at 3.30. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of because Colorado, one of the, the – I watched that pretty much that entire game to the end, which was like just shy of 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, uh, and early tea time on Sunday, so I went to bed, and they, they obviously weren't going to cover the spread, so I didn't care anymore. Sure. I wish I had stayed up to see uh, the miraculous ending, and then one Shadur Sanders with his shades, his hat, his Rolex, doing his thing. I will say, and I, I talk some smack on, on Deion Sanders. One thing I was like when the announcer like Coach Prime, Coach Prime, like as if that's his like birth name. Like his name is not Coach Prime; it's Deion Sanders. That's his name. Now, um, could, was it just the ESPN broadcast that was referring to him? Is that yeah, like like not as like his moniker or as his like business name? Like they were saying as if that was his official it, university capacity name was. You would either texted me that or you texted in one of our groups, and I was going to make a comment because Mark Jones was doing the play by play with Lewis Riddick, who I did not realize Lewis Riddick, who's a big NFL insider for ESPN, was also doing college football play by play. It's kind of like if. You tune into an NBA game and you see Adam Schefter courtside. It just kind of doesn't compute. But that's kind of his um mo, Jones at least the way he talks. He's very I don't I don't, I don't know the word. You just loose or whatever with how how he speaks. He he try he doesn't. It's very professional, but at the same time, it's it's very relaxed and kind of. And I, I think that atmosphere, that environment, what Deion Sanders is bringing to Colorado, probably influenced uh and i mean I'm, everybody does call him coach prime his damn kids are calling him prime when they're defending him in <laughs> interviews and stuff so well i will say and i'm not again i'm Prime-time, not on time baby i'm not crazy about him i'm not saying i don't like him as a coach or, or think he's a good coach i think he is i just I, I, 
I, I have trouble when it's like it's more about the coach than the player and the coach is making it the spectacle and the player's not. And that goes for any college football league. It goes for any NFL team. I feel the same way about it. And now he's getting like some of his guys on his own team in trouble because all these guys want to beat them because of the coach. I feel like that's not how it should be. I will give credit where credit is due, though. Um, the name escapes me of the guy that had the hit that ever that uh, ticked off everyone from Colorado State, a defensive back. That's uh, yeah, right. Getting death threats. And Deion Sanders said in the press conference, I was saying if it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Playing the game. It's a heated moment. We forgive him. It's not a big deal. You know, he does not deserve what he's getting. They're all trying to do the same thing play football, get an education, and hopefully one day make it to the NFL. So he could have came out and said, you know, kind of what he was saying before the game. Oh, they, they don't like how we wear a hat. They don't like how we wear sunglasses. Now they're giving us a reason. They're like, so now they're making it personal. He could have came out and said the whole thing. I told you so, and this, that, and the other. And he took the high road in that specific situation. So credit where credit is due. Um, I do think they get slapped around by Oregon uh, this weekend, as I think. I think some people are really pulling for Colorado, and a lot of people are rooting against them. So it'll be interesting. I will be following along on my phone. I'll obviously be at the Temple game, but I'll be I'll be checking in on it from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right under at a 20-point spread right now in favor of Oregon, which makes sense. The game is in Eugene. It's one of the hardest places to play in the country and the place is going to be going bonkers because Oregon is a borderline top 10 team has college football playoff hopes and Colorado has looked really good, but they didn't look great last week. And I don't know. They had, they played a tough road game against TCU. TCU is not Oregon this year. So it's, you know, I don't really know. And just what you said, I mean, Travis Hunter came out yesterday. He was the one that got hit. Uh, He said the same thing saying that it's just a football play. Didn't think anything, of it and didn't think people should make a big deal of it. And like to comment on your, you know, coach prime making it about himself. I don't think he does that. It's just the way the media is bringing the attention to Colorado because he is in himself a spectacle, but it's like, he made one of the comments, I think either post game or on Monday talking about Shadur, his son and quarterback where people or being like, where you know, what did he do in the offseason to work? What did blah, blah, blah. he goes? Well, he's always been doing this. He just played at an HBCU, and nobody wanted to know him. Nobody cared, and that's why he. They both made comments after Week One because uh, Riley, the offensive coordinator for TCU, at a camp essentially ignored Shadur Sanders when he was still in high school and came in there for this practice thing or whatever. Just didn't give him the time of day. So that was something, you know, he puts on his back and says well i'm gonna go out here and blow you guys out he didn't blow him out but he threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns or whatever so he proved that he probably should have paid attention to him when he was in high school so it's and i want to make clear i'm not saying he doesn't care about his players and his son obviously no i know know what you're trying to say i just think it's the media that's doing it more because when you start listening to him and you start listening to the players more so i mean Dion's flash 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 but the dude is a hard-nosed competitor he knows how to relate to these kids. What he has done, at least this early, with the roster turnover, we're talking 80-plus players that are different from last year's team. It's it's miraculous that they already have three wins. 
They won two games last year. Now, most of the guys that were on that team are no longer there. Obviously, the entire coaching staff is not there. But what he has done, what Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator that they got from Kent State, he was a head coach at Kent State, left to become the offensive coordinator. What he has done offensively, creating these game plans for this team, has been unbelievable. Now, this is their first true test. And then if, you know, you thought it was hard now, next week they will be home for USC. So this is the stretch that we're really going to learn what this Colorado team is made of. But For sure. And again, I, I don't disagree with you. The media is definitely making it because they, they want to, that, that's, that's what they do. The media hypes up. That's their job. They, they want the drama. They want the, you know, Freaking 60 minutes was there last week doing an interview. Yeah. No, they want all that. My mother was on Colorado's campus in Boulder. They, they want all that. They're eating it up, but at the same time, and, and you know, I'm not saying other coaches don't want that, but if you don't think he's eating all of it up personally, then that's, we can agree to disagree there. I I just, I don't know. As, as a fan, it, it's just when I see that the coach is being made the spectacle, not saying again, not saying that he's. Yeah, but that's not his fault. That's just who he is. I mean, some of it is who he wants to be. And the other part, to your point, is the media. So it's just, I mean, that's just my my opinion on it. It, it gets a little tiring for me personally. And I like it. It kind of creates. For me, as a fan, I'd be lying if I wasn't rooting hardcore for Colorado State. I, I was rooting hardcore for them, and they almost pulled it off. Um, yeah, I mean, I I only had betting interest. I, I could care less either way. It's also no, just it just backs up the way his players are talking. Just reinforces that he does kind of know what he's doing. Oh yeah, not just this flashy guy. Oh, I'm here for a head coaching, but and all the rumors that were talked about in the offseason, like well. If he finds some success in three years, he's going to jump ship. Oh, he knows. He knows. He he knows what he's doing. Don't get it twisted. He's a good coach, and he knows what he's doing. And he showed up from an HBCU football program to D one, and he's he's showing up again. If they get smoked by Oregon, and then smoked get or get smoked by USC the week after that, maybe everyone, maybe the the Deion Sanders coach prime aura starts wearing off a little bit. I, I think they're definitely. Yeah. Getting a bowl, definitely massive turnaround, and they had turnaround. To your point, um, yeah, that, that's just why he, he sets up a villain, and I think he he enjoys that. And and again, I think it's just the the spectacle of it. I'm, I'm I didn't think I'd be watching a Colorado Colorado State game, much less staying up till two thirty at night watching it on my laptop. So I guess credit to him. Because if he wasn't there, I wouldn't have been doing that otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mateo, let's talk about another coach who I think knows exactly what he's doing. Big Blue, G-Man get a win. Uh, We can probably start with some negatives. I'm sure you have a ton to say. Uh, Obviously, we will will address Saquon Barkley. We've already kind of decided we're going to use this as a recap also preview show with the Giants playing on Thursday night. It's kind of logistically not going to work to do two episodes. Again, that might change. We'll see what happens. But for the most part, we'll be pretty much talking about both. I'll give you the floor, Matt, because I'm interested to kind of see where you're going to go. But my 10,000-foot view from this game, I come out. I'm elated. I'm excited. I Again, what I said after the Cowboy loss, throw everything out. 
Let's start from scratch. I don't know what the hell happened in the week leading up to this game. Clearly something was wrong again because we witnessed two more quarters that may have been worse. The game started another almost identical interception thrown to Saquon. Like things were just, you're watching this game. You're texting me. A little bit of panic is starting to set in. Our group chat is like, what the hell is going on right now? It's those things you talked about last week, Brian Dable, certain Saquon Barkley, the defense, the pass rush, where these things we talked about, the things we wanted to see, we saw none of them. All of them started to push even further up into, oh, this could be bad. Are we going to be a worse? You literally said, we are a worse football team. Like, and then the second half comes. And then I don't, I, again, we have said it multiple times and I said it while the game was going on. I want to know what was said at halftime. And I've watched some of the videos. And I've seen the people breaking down whether Brian Dable was calling plays or not in the second half. We'll get to that. But that second half, and I'm not even talking about the defense because the Cardinals shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. So they definitely helped us out. But what I saw from Daniel Jones showed me why this Giants organization wants him, why they paid him, why he is here, what he did for this offense. It, I'm speechless because I did not expect them to come up and look the way they did in the second half. And he, from the jump, with an incredible play to Jalen Hyatt, uh, they had the one big throw to Slayton. Probably a catchable ball. Maybe if Slayton goes up, Daniel Jones needs to put more on it. You know, which side do you want? Jalen Hyatt certainly went up high point to get the balls that were thrown to him. So you can kind of see the difference in receiving, at least that to, you know, compare those two. But, Matt, I'm excited. And I, I could not believe what I saw in the second half from Daniel Jones. And that alone has me back on easy street for this season. Maybe not three days from now when they play, but at least for the season, it showed me something that this team isn't just completely going to lay down. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot in this one. And, you know, I don't think I'm as ecstatic about it as you are. I think in the moment, maybe, maybe I was. Um, I mean, and the reason why is the beginning of it. The Giants... We're obviously trying to leave Dallas in the rearview mirror there, a team that neither of us were going to be shocked if we lost. We thought we had the chance to win. Obviously, didn't even come close to that. But that carried over into a much worse team in the Arizona Cardinals. Six quarters to start the season with not a single point. Not only that, but making the Arizona Cardinals look better than I think we both think they are. And you know what? They might be because, again – I mean, they're playing the Giants. They're playing Washington. Neither of them are expected to be Super Bowl contenders by any stretch. But Arizona probably could have won that game up 16-10 for a good chunk of it last week. Up 28-7 to on the New York Giants at halftime. No, so 20, 20 to nothing at halftime. 20 to nothing, but up 28-7 at some point. Thank you. So I think, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are good by any stretch, but I think they are a little bit better. Josh Dobbs, credit to him, looked good against what was looking like a piss-poor Giants defense, just a a piss-poor Giants team all around. And to some of the people in our infamous group chat, I want to say, oh, Matt, you gave up too early, blah, 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 blah. What reason did we have you're down 20-0 and down 28-7? 
and the Giants did not score a point. And so, this goes to Kayvon Thibodeau's uh, press conference, too, which we can touch on that at some later point, which I'm getting a little concerned about. Our fans are booing us. They didn't have any faith in us. I'm like, all right, man, take a lesson from Barkley. Take a lesson from Daniel Jones about how to talk to the media, how to address We, we could definitely talk about him because I have seen some stuff on Twitter and on I have problems. Uh, Instagram little clips that he, he's trending in a, a wrong direction right now. Correct. Exactly. Finally, finally kind of facing some adversity, and he is not handling it in a professional manner as a professional athlete. Anywho, um, so I'm just I'm, – I'm, at this point, Dennis, I'm heartbroken. Halftime, I, I, I'm, I'm watching the bar expecting to just be, you know, having drinks and celebrating at halftime. We're just done. I'm like, I, I don't want to be down here. I don't want to bring down the mood of everyone. By no means did I shut that game off, much to Lauren's dismay because she had to deal with me watching it in the bedroom. And, hey. And the second half, everything I, I agree with everything you said. Nothing like a Giants blowout to uh, spark the flames, you know what I mean? But the second half was, again, everything that we could have we could have hoped for. Daniel Jones, Jalen Hyatt supposedly said coming out the gate in the second half to Daniel Jones, just throw it. Just throw it. I'll be there. And sure enough, he was to just light that fire uh, right at the get-go in the second half. You mentioned Slayton. Hodgins gets a touchdown. Waller was involved. Uh, Barkley looked amazing the whole game. Obviously, we'll talk about the injury and what that means. Um, but Daniel Jones, just, again, just – First half, nothing going on, but the way that the turnaround was incredible. I don't care if you're playing the Arizona Cardinals or who you're playing. That second half was something to behold. And not only what he did, but how easy he made it look. The offense was clicking on all cylinders. We can talk, we can get more into Brian Dable. And is he calling plays? Is he not calling plays? But the second half, the Giants made a 28 to 7 deficit, 20 nothing at halftime almost look effortless. And when they tied it, I had no doubt. And they gave no doubt, really, that they were going to finish the job and get that win. Graham Gano coming off of a slight injury, uh, knocks that field goal through to, to win the game. Um, yeah, I, I'm super proud of the effort. I I didn't doubt that they had that in them. But, Dennis, we were, by halftime, we're like, is the season over already? Like, all that hype, I was sick to my stomach. All that hype, and it's done already. Not because necessarily we were losing at halftime, because, but more because, or more so because we know it's coming up down the road. And the chance of us beating San Francisco, we're going to go 0-3. All these other teams we got coming up, Miami, Buffalo, Seattle. It, it doesn't get it any easier. And the, the, way they, the way they crawled back, man, I want to hear what that halftime – speech was i'm sure it wasn't good as far as patting the team on the back for their first half effort but again dennis i'm not going to share your enthusiasm or use the word ecstatic because i'm not because the giant should have had the 28 7 lead we shouldn't have been in that position in the first place they showed heart they showed that the talent is there i think Maybe you could argue this is Jalen Hyatt's coming out party, hopefully. Um, but they shouldn't have been in that position against a team that myself, 
uh, Kyle Barron, uh, yourself, all agreed. We couldn't just leave there with a win. We had to punch it in their throats. In a sense, we did. I was about to say, they kind of, in a way, not the way that we wanted slash predicted, but they did. Not in the way we thought they would. They gave us something to cheer about and something to be, don't get me wrong, extremely proud about to give us hope and optimism as the season progresses. But I think once that initial happiness and once I was able to get in bed at night hit, I also realized Saquon's hurt again. And our offense and defense both looked atrocious in the first half against what is widely considered this year as one of the worst teams in the NFL. So mixed emotions. I'm not going to share your enthusiasm and use the word ecstatic, but I'm happy of them are happy for them. I'm proud. Um, then we go into San Francisco, but yeah, I, I, I'm not bouncing off the walls. Um, as much as I, I thought I would have uh, after that game. Well, we can. I'll use this as a jumping off point to get into. We already brought up kind of Kayvon Thibodeau, and I did see some of the. I didn't see Thibodeau, but I did see Leonard Williams, like some quotes from him today on Twitter, and because that's the big concern is the defense. I mean, it. You go down twenty nothing, Matt. It was lifeless. We we're trying to text. We we're trying to figure out why is this happening. It doesn't make any sense. This was a team that went to the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game. It, it doesn't make sense. But we we didn't lose any key pieces. We added some. We have some younger, youthful, vibrant guys coming in. Daniel Jones, another year in the system. Barkley, fully healthy. What and some weapons for him. The defense is just going to no, be the same. It, no coaching turnover. A team nope. that's better by all accounts. Yes, facing a team with coaching turnover and a journeyman quarterback. When Xavier McKinney got bulldozed at the goal line by Josh Dobbs, I thought I was going to lose my mind. I thought I was going to throw something through my TV and just stop watching football altogether. I could not believe that someone with his potential, an Alabama player, Nick Saban, learned he has this in. That's what happens on the goal line with a quarterback coming running downhill full head of steam. This isn't some running back. This isn't it. He's not Cam Newton in his prime running down. This is Josh Dobbs. He's been in the league for however many years. But going back now, all credit to him. He came out. He played his ass off. But what? What? What are we doing? James Conner. James Conner was running like a man possessed. James Conner was running like a man that knew that nobody's giving the Cardinals a shot. Everybody's back in the Giants. This is a team that just got shut out. And yet they're coming in as nearly a touchdown favorite into our building, into our home opener. I don't think so. We're, what? Why are they better than us? He looked incredible. Zero pressure from our defensive front. Secondary looked a little bit better, but you know they they were they called a great game. They executed a great game. Well, I shouldn't say great game. Two quarters. They looked real good, but we also looked real bad. And man, it's like that. First drive in halftime, the pass to Jalen Hyatt. It's like, oh, my God, okay. Some positive yards. deep down the, let's do this. Let's open it up. And it couldn't have been more fitting to have Daniel Jones run the bootleg with nobody in sight to the left side. That's the stuff we saw lit in the latter half of last year that got us excited for this year. Those plays need to be in this playbook. We need to be, we need to be seeing those at week in and week out. And we hadn't seen it yet. 
and it looked great. But then what happens? The Cardinals go right down the field and score a touchdown. It's like, we just had momentum. We just punched them in the mouth. We came out, did what we were supposed to do. What was it, three plays, four plays, down the field, touchdown. We're back in it. The Cardinals aren't good. They go right down the field. They score a touchdown on their own. That's why that second drive for the Giants to come back out, not lose any of the momentum that they had just created offensively. Defense, you're not going to help us out. We don't need you. We'll do it ourselves. We'll get back in this game. They went right back down the field. They scored a touchdown. That drive, I was like, all right, we're in this. It's a two-touchdown game. It's the third quarter. We can win this football game. If the defense wakes the hell up. And to their credit, they had some stops. But there were a couple penalties that Arizona made. A couple of boneheaded decisions that they made. So they got some help. So I am ecstatic and I'm elated because of the way the Giants offense looked. And at times the defense, they held up. They did what they had to do. And no, the Giants didn't walk in there and cover the spread and win the game 30-7 to like everybody wanted. And it was a total punch in the mouth. And okay, Giants had a rough go. Maybe Dallas really is that good. They are a Super Bowl contender this year. Giants weren't ready for it, but they're back. They went into Arizona, no problem. Maybe they go into San Fran, they give them a run for their money because it's a short week. You kind of never know what's going to happen. If not, you get Seattle at home. Fans are start, they're back into it. You got to win under your belt. But it it luckily still happened. I think it happened in, in a similar way that got Giants fans excited, at least for me, because they didn't just creep back in it. We didn't get some... BS fumbles or, you know, a dumb tip pick six that was deep in Arizona. Ter- the Giants really earned the second half victory. They earned it. But, you know, I don't know if you want to comment on any of that, but you brought up Kayvon Thibodeau, and I saw people talking bust. It's way too early for that. Like, anyone that says this guy is a bust yet, like, I don't know what you're watching. I don't know. What, I, I don't understand how you can just, after two games of this season, what's it? He's not going to be the guy. He's not T.J. Watt. He's not Micah Parsons. He, he's not a Lubola. Maybe he doesn't – he needs to be on par with them. I think the Giants drafting him top five overall, you would like that. But to your point, Matt, the part that is concerning is maybe the leadership part. That's a part that a guy like T.J. Watt has. Micah Parsons, they have that stupid C on their jersey. Kayvon Thibodeau does not. And you're not going to get it there by kind of looking like an idiot talking to the media. Your fans didn't believe in you. But what do you, bro, you haven't done diddly in the first two games of this season. Absolutely nothing. You are supposed to be an anchor, a cornerstone on this defense. And I haven't seen the number five anywhere. The number five has been dormant. Also, again, your team is a collective went the six first quarters of the season without a point. What do you want them to do? You're in New York, baby. You can't hang with that. Then you're not, you're not going to make it. If, if you can't hang some New York fans that either live or travel to Arizona booing you and you're getting your ass kicked by the Cardinals and you haven't scored a damn point in six quarters. Could you imagine I- what this game would be like if it was at the Meadowlands? Oh, he wouldn't this have was a home game and you went into the half down 20 to nothing. So we all knew like, like last year that Kayvon was being a bit outspoken. 
But we all said, you know, he's he's towing that line, but he's he's good. We want that energy. We want we want Giants players to get mad. We want them to to get excited and all that. And and I'm still on board with that. I'm I'm still a big Kayvon Thibodeau fan. Like I I don't want to overreact to his to his ability or how he's played so far. I don't overreact so early. But one thing you're not going to get away with doing, especially in New York is criticizing the fans for booing you. If you start going down that road, that's going to be a real slippery slope for Mr. Kayvon Thibodeau. So I hope he has someone in his corner in the locker room that is telling him to tone that down a little bit because no one on that team has gotten grilled more than the two men two men that I mentioned earlier and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. One because of his ability and one because of his health. And you never hear either one of them talking smack on fans. So you're out of here, essentially still a rookie out of college, and you're going to talk smack on the fans because your team can't score a point. It's going to be a long road for you, Mr. Kayvon Thibodeau. If one, you're going to keep up with that, and two, you're not going to perform. I have no reason to think he's not going to perform, but that took me aback a little bit by how eager he was to call out Giants fans in Arizona for booing him or booing not him, booing them. It wasn't like they were, I mean, maybe some fans were like yelling on the sidelines saying, Kayvon, get your your shit together. But, but anyway, Dennis, going back more positive light, you made a great point that in the Giants' second half, they did really work for it. They did earn it because there wasn't a, a fumble or a, a pick six. There wasn't anything, a turnover from Arizona in the red zone. The Giants earned all that. Daniel Jones earned all that. The offensive line earned all that. Jalen Hyatt, a lot of guys in there earned all that. Um, so I am very proud of that. I, but again, it's just it's tough for me to really set off the fireworks tonight because of that first half. If the Giants go down the first half to San Francisco, to Seattle, to Buffalo, to Miami, the chances are we're not going to have that second half come back. Chances are that second half performance may earn us some points, may make the game closer, but we may not win against one of those teams if that is a situation they find themselves in for one reason or another. The offense and the defense cannot figure it out. Um, so that's my concern. In no way am I disappointed, but I, I can't be jumping off the rooftops like let's let's go Giants like we we did it. We're one and one which I think a lot of people would have taken, I think is what a lot of people expected. And we, a lot of us, I think, are chalking up San Francisco as a loss. Would Saquon healthy or not healthy? Um, I don't know if you want to get into that. But again, I just, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not super excited. It was, it was weird. We, we, like we said, we hit him in the throat in the second half because we didn't have a choice which I think was some wording we use last week when predicting that game. Well, and you kind of mentioned that we can get it. That was where I was going next, which was uh, Saquon. And I, I also have somewhat of a bone to pick with you because you said this, I think, in one of our texts, like chalking up the San Francisco game is a loss. You're one of the more positive Giant fans that I know. You're the one that get the got on me when I wanted to tank for Tua, when I wanted to tank for Chase Young, like – I'll never root for the loss, but, well, we can improve our team. 
we might as well just lose these meaningless games. But here you are, week three, just, well, we're probably going to lose. I know you'll be excited for Thursday night. I know you want to see positive play. Of course, you want a win, but whether Saquon was healthy or not, to just chalk this one up as a loss, I don't see that. Now, I know San Fran, they might be the best team, and I think they probably are right now the best team in the NFC. They stay healthy, and I want them to stay healthy because they're fun as hell to watch. That San Fran, uh, because it obviously going into the second half, I went to the quad box on YouTube TV. Shout out Kyle and Salvo, splitting it. Uh, bone to pick with the NFL, by the way. Our account keeps just going in and out. Don't know what the hell that's about, but it was pretty uh, damn annoying in the first quarter of the Giants game to have to just constantly refresh it to get it to go. Figure your crap out, paying good money here, trying to watch my team. You know, I don't care if they're not scoring any points. I want to watch them. Regardless, switched over. So I had red zone in one corner, Rams, uh, Niners in another, Giants in another, and the, who the Cowboys? Oh, the Jets. Jets and Cowboys were in another corner. So it was on. And then obviously, as the Giants crept back in it by, I think it was 28 14 is when I switched over. I got I to go full screen for this. But so that was an entertaining game. They're fun as hell to watch. But it's a short week, man. It's a short week. Anything can happen. It's not like the Giants are traveling out there. They're already out there. They're staying on the West Coast. You don't have to worry about any of this weird, you know, travel and who knows what. Like, they've been out there. Saquon's going to be a huge factor if he's not playing. I think we could probably agree that he shouldn't play. But this kind of optimism that we're hearing that he heals quickly and it's just a sprain and he might be able to go and Brian Dable's not ruling him out. I don't I I like that. I think when it's all said and done, Saquon won't play. But I think the competitor that Saquon is, he wants to play. And I'll tell you, man, we've talked about it where Brian Dable is giving us reason to maybe not believe so much this season. And what we have seen from this team, if he in fact was calling plays on Sunday, that's a big deal. But what this Giants team showed, especially offensively. And that's his bread and butter. Brian Dable's a competitor too. And we saw it last year. We all fell in love with him because of how hyped he got. If Saquon is able to play, they both want him to play. Because they're not going into Thursday rolling over. Oh, short week. We don't have our best player. They're Super Bowl favorites. I guess we'll just give it our best. And then we can get ready for, well, 10 days to get ready for another team who is also pretty good. Hell no. They're going to come out. They're going to try to win the football game. And I think they have a solid shot at it. If the defense wakes up, if Week Martindale dies, dials up anything, that could remotely slow them down. Because I'm sorry, I'm not scared of Brock Purdy. The only one thing Brock Purdy has going for him is he's basically a point guard out there just slinging it, dicing up loses, gets it out quickly. What's the Giants' biggest problem right now? Can't get to the quarterback. So a guy that's getting it out quickly, probably going to be problematic. But, I don't know, I think, I think the Giants score some points. I, I think, uh, what I've watched now, nobody on the Giants staff is Sean McVay. But, watching what the Rams did, they were creative enough where they were able to score some points. Now, the Rams also didn't cover their spread. The Niners get a late turnover. Oh, I think they got a defensive score, or they got the late turnover, and then they were able to score. Doesn't matter. So the 10 points is kind of scary because it's like, ooh, the Giants are kind of neck and neck, and they're going to lose by like eight or nine. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, then you get a late score. Giants can't get back into it. 
they lose by 10 or 13. So it's a weird number, but I don't know what I saw from the offense. And you just have to assume assume is tough because you know what happens when you assume. But the defense has to wake up at some point. And like I mentioned that I saw some comments from Leonard Williams and they asked him, what's the messaging this week? Well, he's nothing changes. We know what we have to do. Coach Martindale knows what he has to do. We just have to execute. Okay. I'm okay with hearing that. That means they have a plan. They just suck at making the plan work. So, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm overlooking somewhat a team that is a Super Bowl favorite, but I don't think the Giants just come out Thursday night and get their asses kicked. Now, again, I've already said that twice this year, and, you know, for six quarters, they got their asses kicked. But, you know, that's what I think. And that's my exact point. It's like, well, we never thought we'd get our ass kicked against Dallas, got our ass kicked. We get our ass kicked against Arizona, entire first half, got our asses kicked. So now we're playing a team that is better than both of them, and we're saying the potential is not there without our star, most likely without our star running back, that will get our asses kicked. To your point, Dennis, I am not doom and gloom. I am a positive Giants fan. The reason why I say... We chalk this up as a loss is because when you and I go through our preseason picks and all that, we have our records like what way do the Giants potentially get to the playoffs? And what did we say all year leading up to the minute before the game, the Giants will have a better team with a worse record. And this is kind of where that starts falling into place. Um, I think, you know, they're not obviously not going into the game. Like, we're going to lose. Obviously not. I, I hope they come out firing in all cylinders. Dennis, what did I say on the show with Kyle? It would be the most Giants thing ever if they lose games they should win and win games they have no business in winning. That would be a good example. We play Seattle coming up. Flashbacks to the Joe Judge era with Colt McCoy, a.k.a. Colt Dimes when the Giants had no business in winning that game. And it it put the Giants in a much better position to make the playoffs. Ultimately, of course, they did not. But Yeah, they lost some games after that that they shouldn't have. And Correct. But to your point, some of those games they could win. But this is not me being negative Nancy. I'll be dialed in just as much as anyone else. I'll be watching every minute of the game. I'll be fired up going to that game as if we're going to win it. But when, it, especially in terms of the Saquon Barkley injury, which came out yesterday in multiple news sources, Giants writers that are essentially embedded in the organization, ESPN, Adam Schefter, the likes of which, you know, we have those are the go tos in the rumor mill or breaking football headlines three weeks for Saquon Barkley. Brian Dable comes in this lunchtime press conference and says, We haven't ruled him out. I talked to him today. He's actually feeling really good. So, I mean, at the very least, that tells us maybe it's not three weeks. The Giants, to your point, Dennis, in the group chat, did not officially say three weeks, but the Giants put out a long statement saying, we are currently working on multiple plans to prepare for his absence. So they are not expecting him to play. Personally, 
and it sounds like I'm in agreement with most of the group chat. It'd be very dumb to play him tomorrow again because even with him healthy, with him at 100%, if you're a betting man and you're not a Giants fan, and I'm not a Giants fan, we're probably not beating San Francisco 49ers. That's a heavy Super Bowl favorite. You could argue even more so than the Philadelphia Eagles coming out of the NFC. So I think it would be pretty dumb of Brian Dable and the coaching staff to play Saquon. Obviously, if I see him take the field, is that excitement going to kick in? Of course. Do I want to see him? Of course. But the logic or the logical side of me has to say that'd be that'd be really stupid. He has another full day and a half to recover. I mean, that alone that Brian Dable has not ruled him out just shows, to your point again in the group chat, how much of a competitor he is, how much of just he's not even human, just such an athlete that we can be talking about a three week injury and less than twenty four later or twenty four hours after everyone said it's a three week injury, he's gonna miss three weeks. We're talking about the slight potential of him playing four days later. Four days later after the game that he got injured, which talks to Saquon Barkley, and we're all excited about that. But uh, we're not doctors. We're not in the locker room. That sounds stupid to me to, to attempt to play him. I somewhat disagree. If he gets approved by the doctors, if he's 100%, if he feels good, roll him out there. Worst that worst thing that can happen is that he re-injures, but it's it's only a sprain. That's what's intriguing about this because it's not like there's any legit damage. You'd imagine that there's some swelling, but that comes down in a couple of days. And then how's he walking on it? Well, what I want to see is, you know, shots of practice. What's he look like? Is, is he practicing? How's he moving? And then can he keep up with game speed? He also didn't practice today. So, I mean, you know, practicing that, you know, how many guys in a week actually practice? They're listed as, I mean, you and I both play fantasy football. You have stars that are listed as questionable all week. And then they show up for walkthroughs on Saturday and they're good to go. But I don't know. I'm optimistic just because of the way Brian Dable came out. Well, we didn't rule him out yet. I don't care what the reporters say. I don't care. Three weeks? Who said that? Adam Schefter on his three different phones? I don't care. I didn't rule anybody out. This is my football team. It's almost as if you can assume he absolutely called plays, got on his headset, headset, hey, Kafka, turn your mic off. You're done. You're done for today, okay? Why don't you just sit up there, drink your juice, eat your complimentary cookies from the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't want to hear a peep out of you in the third or fourth quarter. We will never... We will never, unfortunately, see that video. And I think I don't know if it was Art Stapleton or who said it, but when um, I don't know if you saw the video on the silent Sterling Shepard is talking, John Michael Schmitz is talking, and no. Darren Waller's giving high fives to Jalen Hyland and the whole and the whole thing. It was a video of the giant the Giants official Twitter released it today of just the sideline during the comeback, and then someone was saying like. Man, we would really love to see the uh, – it was one of the writers, I don't know, Jordan Rainin, Ron, Renan, or, or who it was. But someone was like, we'd really love to see what the ha- video of the halftime speech. But uh, based on what we heard through the walls, we're probably never going to see that. I mean, I'd imagine. 
And uh, what Justin um, Pennick is that how you pronounce his name from Talking Giants? He's the co-host to, to Bobby Skinner on that show. He was the one did the um, the breakdown of Brian Dable in the Cowboys game versus the Arizona game, where the Arizona game he has the play calls like all like right up in his face, blocking his mouth, all that. And Dallas doesn't have any of them. Not once on camera. So he was that Brian Dable at some point was calling the plays. So if Kafka was not calling the plays, or, or if Kafka was calling the plays in the first half, then Dable was calling the plays in the second half. What's that conversation to Kafka look like? I, I'd be very curious. Well, the you, you have to I wonder about it because you look at how stagnant now again, give credit to Dallas, but how terrible the Giants looked offensively for four quarters. And then they looked the exact same against a much, much worse, inferior defense in Arizona. Where are the big plays? Where are the shots downfield? How come we're not getting Daniel Jones in, into space? How come you know, we're working Barkley in the past game? Everything's bouncing off of his chest because he's not ready for the football. What's happening? Try to explain this to me. Where's Darren Waller? We're only hitting him when the game is fully out of reach and he's catching some seam routes down the middle of the field and he just lays down points first down will be freaking do something changed and whether or not it was brian dable relaying a message to kafka like no no no, let's do this let's do this iteration let's whatever it might have been somehow in tandem or it was simply shut your mouth i'm talking to danny this is how it's gonna go and as the head coach man if he did he has all the power to do that and all the credit to him and it just it just backs up. It's like we didn't rule him out. What do you mean? What do you mean he's not playing? I see him right here on my list of players. Doesn't have an O next to his name. So again, it could be tongue in cheek. Could be a you know smoke and mirrors. That's oh, he's our yeah. best player. Brian well, wants to throw some shekels on the game, so we're not going to rule him out till right before, and then spread moves a little. So at what point does it get to, or what point does it get for Saquon where he's like? I can't be injured again. Otherwise, I'm never going to get this fat contract I've been looking for. Oh, dude. Versus, like, but, and it's, again, I, and I said it, and I was, I was definitely multiple beers deep at this point, and I said something very aggressive towards Saquon in the group chat where I said, this guy talks all offseason about it. He gets the money in the running back market and this, that, and the other, and he can't stay healthy. So where do you think you're going to get this money from? Now he's hurt again. And, again, there's it's not his fault. It's, just, it's bad luck, but you can't be the star running back that's going to get X amount and you miss so much. The, Dennis, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but it feels like it has to, at the very least, I don't have the numbers in front of me, be awfully close that he's missed more games than he's played. It's probably it pretty close because he played all of last year and he played all of his rookie year. So. It has to be close, though. He's probably and, played more, but it's probably closer than he would want it to be for four, four and a half years. So correct. So like for him, is he sitting there like I, I'm in pain still? I do not feel good, but I gotta get up and do it. Otherwise, I'm not gonna, and I'm just gonna hear about this in the off season again. How I, I can't stay healthy. Does that does that get him up? And does that make the three week window where he's injured expedited? Is that part of it? Who knows. Because he played a hell of a game. And I have another question I want to throw in there before we we leave this because 
Daniel Jones had another phenomenal fantasy weekend, as did Saquon Barkley. Obviously, he didn't last last week, but he has been from the combination of the back half of last year. Daniel Jones won me my fantasy league last year, my work league, and he had a fantastic uh, fantasy night in Arizona. At what point? And I'm curious. He's on my team. He's a, he's a backup in the league that you and I are both in. And you can touch more on the Saquon on your dad more to add. I'm kind of cutting you off on that. But at what point do people start drafting Daniel Jones as an actual, that's your quarterback and not your backup in fantasy? Because he's putting up great numbers. He was putting up better numbers than Justin Herbert was for me last year. And he's somewhat putting up better numbers than Trevor Lawrence is putting up for me this year. I mean, it needs to be at a high volume. Given, uh, you know, the Jags, who did the Jags play week one? I can't remember. Because, I mean, Chris Jones being back, that Kansas City team looked very, very different. Uh, Kelsey obviously helped offensively, too. I think the Chiefs have some serious issues on offense. They, like... They, they did not look good at all. I heard uh, Dan Orlovsky talking that I guess their tackles are a huge liability right now, and teams know that, and they're exploiting it, and that's how they're able to close the pocket down on uh, Patty Mahomes. Uh, they don't have much of a running game. They have they do not have a number two receiver. They really don't have a stud number one. But Jacksonville played uh, the Colts week one. Okay. So, which I, they scored a lot of points. And, I mean, they're playing Houston this weekend, so – I wouldn't be uh, playing DJ over T-Law this week. That's for sure. But this I don't know. Time. You just need the – this season would have to be – because, again, it's too difficult. He's not Jalen Hurts. So it's too difficult to get into that elite top three, maybe if you want to stretch to four. But w- what you're talking about, what we saw last year, you ha- if he's involved in the running game, Matt, if they're giving him close to double-digit touches a game where he can get out for 40 to 60 yards – on a weekly basis and have the threat of scoring both on the ground and through the air. He's absolutely in that next tier. That would include Burrow, Herbert Jones. Dax kind of worked his way out of it. Although we'll see, he's been playing well this year. So we'll see if he stays healthy. Uh, I'm trying to think of like another quarterback that would Anthony Richardson. We'll see how he's already been hurt a couple of times, taking out of both games he's played in this year. So we'll see. He has that Jalen hurts kind of factor where he'll run more than throw. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray-esque. But, yeah, I don't know. I, he's got uh, he's got the ability to become that Tier 2 guy. I, I, I thought about it today because, again, he went last year, and I think I told you about this on the five or so on the podcast, but in my work league, the only reason I backed him in the playoffs is because the other teams in my division, however way that was set up, we used the ESPN app, um, were some of the worst teams. So I was able to back in with essentially close to a 500 record. And then when I went in, I was playing the two teams that had both whooped my butt repeatedly throughout the season were by far the best two. And I had Justin Herbert who wasn't putting up bad numbers, but he wasn't putting up elite numbers fantasy wise. So I was like, I'm not going to beat these guys with Justin Herbert. I, I know I'm not because I've already gotten demolished by them both times. So I'm just going to have some fun with this. I'm going to put in my guy. I'll be at one of the games. I'll put in Daniel Jones. One of the games was that Colts game. Uh, who did we play before the Colts? Was It It wasn't Washington. It was um, – was it Washington? 
the week before that and just had two of the best games of his season, and I beat the two best teams one after the other the last three or four weeks of the season, and I won the league because solely because of Daniel Jones. And this week, Daniel Jones put up a crap ton of, of points that would have got me like 12 or 13 more points than Trevor Lawrence. And so I'm I'm thinking at, at what point, obviously the matchups, I'm not going to put him in against San Francisco, especially when Barkley's not there. But I am seriously considering putting him in there more so than Trevor Lawrence this year, the remainder of the year, because I'm 0-2 in the league, Dennis. I'm not having a good year. I don't – I'm not crazy about my team. I don't hate them. I don't love them. So if, if Jones can be the one to get me some points on there, I'm I, and I know I'm not going to win the league, I'm going to put Jones in there. I mean, I can't really argue against it. But it just has to be – the. and look, this ties into San Fran. When I was talking to the Rams, they were able to score some points. They were able to exploit the Niners' defense, the creativity of their offense, of Sean McVay calling plays. Giants have to do that with Daniel Jones. They were able to do some things with their pass catchers, with their backs, to move up and down the field. Matthew Stafford isn't going to run out of the pocket. Maybe there's some more talent. I mean, the receiver, Puka, looks like the real deal. Looks like they don't even need Cooper Cup back. He looks like Cooper Cup. Uh, Kyron Williams, shout out, the other day. Uh, looking like a beast, filling in for Cam Akers. But Matthew Stafford isn't going to run the ball or move throughout the pocket to try to extend the play. Daniel Jones will. So what I was able to see in the second half against Arizona, obviously much different defense than what they're facing on Thursday night. But that's the type of stuff they have to do. That's the creativity they have to do. The kind of read option plays, the designed quarterback runs, the shotgun snap kind of and again plays on the read option but what sucks is and a lot of them like you especially the touchdown run that's a handoff to Saquon Barkley that's what's pulling the defense to one side it's what's bringing up the linebackers because you have to account for Saquon's ability and the Daniel Jones is able to pull it out scamper the other way for a touchdown not having Saquon you wonder if stuff like that will still be able to work and still get keep the defense on their toes can't let Saquon beat us. Can't let Saquon get in space if he's not if he's not there. Do they have that concern with Matt Breida? I don't know. Probably not. But maybe they know Matt Breida well, so you know. But I don't know. We can get into picks if you want. I don't really have anything else to say. Giant Wiser, if you want to talk more, kind of uh, preview. Yeah. No. Um. Again, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath on this one. I'm excited for for the challenge for the Giants. Uh, Primetime is always fun because everyone's watching it. And then it could also be not fun because everyone can watch you uh, on national television get your ass kicked. Um, yeah, I'm not, not expecting a win. And again, that's not me being a negative fan. I'm, oh, you sound pretty negative. I'm accepting that San Francisco is just a really good team. They're a really good team. And uh we're more than likely not going to have uh, our best weapon. So we'll see. But Dennis, as you always say, and we've disagreed on from time to time, the next man up mentality. Uh, does Jalen Hyatt show up once again? Darren Waller, that connection with Daniel Jones. 
Eric Gray, Matt Breida. Does the offensive line show up? John Michael Schmitz had a great game uh, as center. Um, so we'll see. No, I'm excited about any primetime opportunity. They typically don't end well for the Giants, and that minus 10-year point is very terrifying. But I look forward to it, and uh, we'll see what happens. I hope it's a game. But other than that, I'm, I'm good to go to picks. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not getting any positivity from that moniker of your voice there. Pretty, pretty low. You know what I mean? Positivity is way like, down here. I need way up here, man. You way positive, down here. Positivity is I get to watch Giants football, and that is the positive. And listen to Al Michaels. We only get this once a week now. You know, that's true. I still love Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, where he finds the time to watch all this tape and have legit analysts and analysis on the NFL, and then two days later go and do it about college football. It's a beautiful thing. Where does he find the time? Maybe it's all the millions of dollars are throwing him away and he just gets to watch film all day instead of actually have, have a real job. Maybe it's that. You know? Just beautiful. Just beautiful. All right, let's hit the sounder. Let's go. NFL With my Mateo. We're not going to start with the Giants. leaving them uh, for last. I have asked one of the peanut gallery members to give us a pick this week uh, because he is leading he who should not be named I'll say his name this week because he is in first place that is Ellis one Ellis Gill leading the picks after two weeks he is 10 and 3 not Why too he, uh, he did not get a single pick wrong last week so. why is it there? why what why is he leaving leaving leading yeah. why is he leaving the picks he's not leaving he's leading oh I thought you said earlier he was leaving the picks I don't think so. He wasn't, like, participating anymore. Well, I mean, that would be very on par. That's why, that's why, (laughs) that's why. I literally thought you said at the beginning of the show he was leaving the picks. And I'm like, for why? That's why I said, you big baby. Oh, yeah, I I have no idea. Uh, We're on the same page now because that's why I thought. I was like, well, he left fantasy, so maybe he doesn't want to do the picks anymore. No, yeah, he's, he's he's doing so well, he doesn't even need to do it. Why even bother? That's what I was like, why why is he leaving? He had a good week. Well, either way, he is 10-3, followed closely behind uh, Greg, 9-5, another solid week. Uh, and then it just gets all mixed up between a couple of us. Uh, let's see, you and the great Greg, or no, great, uh, Kyle, 6-7. and seven. I am 6-8. and eight. Uh, Nick, off to a horrid start, 4-9. Uh, oh, Osa, Mike Osa, eight and five. So Mike is in third place. You and Kyle tie for fourth. Myself, and then Nick. I'm just happy that both of my locks have hit. Love both those picks. They both uh, locked up. How about the Steelers? By the way, before we actually get into the first game, how about a team going negative seven yards in the fourth quarter, still finding a way to come back and win a football game? I mean, if that's not, if that doesn't make you grin ear to ear, I mean, come on. You know, it's just it's just good times. It's a good time. Maybe not good times to be a Steeler fan, but because who the hell knows what they're going to look like. But, Matt, we're starting uh, with the game that Ellis has chosen. The Los Angeles Chargers minus one at Minnesota this week. Who you got? Ooh, that is a tough one. Minnesota, desperate need of a win. Although Minnesota's 0-2, her cousins played well. I... I they're not going to go 0-3, especially at home. 
Give me Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to take Minnesota, um, but you know that if the Chargers lose this game, they will also be 0-3. And that just doesn't seem... I just think Minnesota... I just think... I, 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 I feel like there were higher expectations for them than there were for the Chargers. Yes, it's a, it sucks at the. It's basically a pick 'em. You're basically picking a team. Uh, I mean, unless you see some funky stuff happen, like a 21-20 game where the line actually will matter and will, you know, get into a push scenario. But I really want to take the Chargers. But I mean, they killed me week one. They had that game in Miami, and then they went ahead and did what the Chargers do: blew it late. Guess what? They did the same thing last week at Tennessee. At Tennessee. You can't lose to the Titans, who are, I think, a worse team than Minnesota, and then go back on the road and expect me to back you. So, yeah, I'm taking Minnesota. I, I don't know if I said the Chargers. Solid game from solid game from Hugh should not be named. Like, that was, that's a good pick. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not bad. Uh, would you like to go with your pick now? Because I don't have mine yet, so go ahead. We'll go with my pick, and again, credit where credit is due to he house who house or he who shall not be named. What a tongue All right, um, what this one I like right now. Give this team credit. Give their quarterback credit. Derek Carr, who has been Ooh. putting phenomenal numbers, granted against the other team that's supposed to be one of the worst in the teams or one of the worst teams in the NFL next to the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. They won Monday night in the weird two games at the same time format. They are on the road at Green Bay. The Packers, one and one. Green Bay has the money line, has the spread, minus two. Give me the Packers at home. The Saints get their first loss. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I was looking at this game. I like this game. I'm taking the Packers, too. I'm a big fan of Jordan Love. Love what they are doing. Unintended. I'm taking Green Bay. So. I don't know who I'm going to take. This is a tough one. We'll just go to the game that uh, none of us really care about. Pats screwed me last week. Appreciate it, Belichick. Really riding high. Jets also screwed me last week. Sons of bitches, I tell you. You know? Pats, minus three at the Meadowlands, uh, playing the Jets. I don't know. This is a tough one for me, too. I want to ride New England, but uh, I think I'm, I'm going to take the Jets. I think the Jets are not as bad as they looked against Dallas. And we can get into this, too, because Dallas, oh, mama, did they look scary again. And I know it's Zach Wilson, and I know it's not a Jets offense that's great without Aaron Rodgers, but holy shnikes. I mean, flying all over the place. The Cowgirls look scary, man, but I'm I'm taking the Jets. I'm riding with Zach Wilson to do just enough <laughs> with the points at home. Hopefully the place will be fired up because it's a division rival. Defensive game, probably gross, ugly. You're not going to want to watch this football game. Put it on that Channel 2 New York CBS where nobody can find it and just be done with it. Jets. Yeah, I hate to go back to this this argument, but Dennis, I, I'm, I'm going to eat some crow on this. I said Zach Wilson was going to go off because he had a like a bright second chance at life. Not only being the starter again, but being a starter on a team that was so much better than the last team when he was a starter. Same Jets team, just different players and a much better better squad in front of them. I appear for the time being to be very wrong about that. And I think the Patriots played a decent game against a team that is significantly better than they are. 
than the Miami Dolphins. Not a team that played better than they are. They definitely did that too. But a team that is better than they are. I think the Patriots show up against a team that is now wounded. They smell blood in the water. The Patriots, another situation. I don't think the Patriots can afford to go 0-3. I think they see a wounded team with Zach Wilson at the helm and the Patriots uh, will cover. I mean, I can't really argue with it. Over-under for this game, 36 and a half. I mean, that is low. Yeah. It's going to be ugly, to your point. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know where to go, but I'll tell you what. I love this team. I'm not sold on one of these other teams, and I think this should just be a layup. Detroit, minus three, at home against Atlanta. All right, all day with your boys, the Detroit Lions. Uh, Poor uh, Jared Goff. I jinxed you last week. It's my fault. I'll take the blame. Talked about you not throwing interception and however many 300 and some odd pass attempts. Literally 20, 30 seconds later, he throws an interception. And I had, it was back-to-back text. Hey, Wilp, guess I jinxed you. It's my fault, Detroit. If anyone out there is listening, it's on me. Uh, He had a chance to make history. He only had 40 more pass attempts or something like that to break Aaron Rodgers' record, which was like 402. So he could have got halfway or who knows, even closer to it in that game alone if he hadn't uh, turned the ball over, but he did. They should not have lost that football game. They really made some bad miscues. The offense wasn't really the problem. They couldn't. Geno Smith looked real good. Uh, so I mean, Seattle, who might have been—they uh, were gonna—they were on the verge of being 0-2. They got smacked around by the Rams. That second half of football against them was is probably gonna go down as one of the worst halves of football this season. Giants will be in there too for what they did against Dallas, but the Rams like. They almost didn't have any positive yardage. They they ran like four offensive plays or some something like that. It was, it was something crazy. Uh, so yeah, I I think the Lions bounce back. They're a playoff team to me. I think they still. I think they're going to win this division, and it's because they have great coaching. They have a guy who usually doesn't turn the ball over, and they have enough playmakers on defense. We'll take it, to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With points. That's I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Uh, Falcons. Hey, don't describe the Falcons. Two and zero. Good season so far. Uh, I think their record is better than uh, what they are. Uh, sorry, Parker, who I, I'm assuming is going to be listening at some point. Yeah, I agree with you, Dennis. Uh, Detroit Lions have this. Uh, the Detroit Lions are a good team that lost to a good team last week in the Seattle Seahawks in a heartbreaking fashion. Um, yeah, no, great, great coaching. Jared Goff's been phenomenal. The Detroit Lions, they're, they're going to win the division too. I completely agree with you. I think the Falcons run run into a, a better team uh, this week in the Detroit Lions. I will take Detroit uh, with those points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. uh, we have one more game that we have to get to before we get to the G-Men. And I really don't know where we should go. I kind of, I think it's, it's lining up to kind of be an easy week. I feel like a lot of the people will lean in similar directions. Uh, do you want to go with the game that features the two teams the Giants have played already this year with Dallas a 12-point favorite at Arizona? Or would you rather go one of two Monday night games, either uh, Philly minus five on the road at Tampa or the Rams getting a point and a half at Cincy? Uh, definitely don't right. want to... We can do them all if we want to. We can do anything we want. But, no, yeah. I don't want to touch rams Bengals, but I, I'd be curious if we like 
Cowboys 12 or so. I mean, I think that's an easy one for me. I think Cowboys are easily. I yeah, take I'd probably take Dallas to cover, even what you saw from. Let's, let's but, say, all right, let's go bounce back game. Bengals, Rams. I'll take I'll take the Bengals and the points on that one. Okay. Yeah, I. The Bengals bounce back game desperately. Just because it's home, you assume that they're able to bounce back. Maybe a lot of points in this one. This could be an, like a fun game to watch. The Burrow. Okay. This is the game. We're in a weird situation. The Bengals are going to start 0-3. Like, that just doesn't sound right. I saw a thing today on ESPN when I was at work. We had it on the TV in the background. It said, which of the 0-2 teams is in the worst trouble? Or And I said, well, it's the Bengals, obviously, because they're supposed to be good and they're 0-2. The Broncos being 0-2, the, or the Cardinals being 0-2, that, that's not bad for them because they expected to be going through a rebuilding process. The Bengals are not going through a rebuilding process. Yeah, I think they're the only one that, like on this list that – and they're in a division where Baltimore already has a game up on them from the win, and they're 2-0. Yeah, I, I think it's by far the Bengals to answer that question. I think it was uh, Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp that were debating it. I was like, it's definitely the worst for the Bengals to be 0-2. Because all the others, a lot of those other teams expected to be 0-2. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll roll, we'll roll with that one. I'm, I'm with you. I think they have to eventually turn it around. Uh, I I thought it was a guarantee. Last week I did three anytime touchdown scores, and I thought like all three of them were a lock. It was Mark Andrews who didn't play week one, Devontae Adams who didn't catch one week one, and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase still without a touchdown this season. Sluggish start. The Bengals themselves have kind of looked sluggish, but I, they have to wake up at some point. Two games under Joe Burrow's belt. You know, they're at home. If this game was maybe in LA and the fans had to travel, because obviously there's no home field advantage at SoFi for the Rams. I mean, that place was a sea of red last week. There is no... I there, saw a meme where it was like the cameraman should be getting bonuses for finding Rams fans in the crowd. It was unbelievable. It's all. It's even. It's even worse when the Chargers are there. It's even worse when the Chargers are there. That that. I mean, the stadium is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But there is no reason to one move the Rams out of St. Louis, and two move another team to St. Louis or to, from San Diego to uh, L.A. So you move two teams to LA that doesn't have any fans. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Money, 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 money. Places they were in didn't have money. The places they were going has money. Problem is the fans don't care where the money is. Yeah, as long as the fans are there, don't have to root for your team. As long as they buy concessions and hot dogs and beers, who cares? The Raiders are probably the only team that could move cities and yet still have a fan base that travels. And they have, and they've done well. Because I think where they moved was realistic, in a sense. Like San Diego, I can see some Chargers fans going up there. Not enough to the point where they have a home game. But I can see plenty of people, just because of the aura, the history of the Raiders organization, that fans in Nevada and some of those western states that are not California have taken trips to Oakland to see them. So... And you're playing in an attractive destination, such as Las Vegas. So that makes perfect sense how they've been successful. But, man, SoFi Stadium. You're filling butts in the seats, and the stadium is beautiful. 
but no one's going. No one cares. I was going to go to Giants Chargers and then uh, COVID hit. That's shit. Ah, COVID. Wonderful, wonderful time. Matt, we have one more game. Thursday night on Amazon Prime. Let's pray the internet doesn't go out because if it does, oh, Nelly, I don't think you can watch the game. G-Men getting 10 points against the Niners. Historical rivalry game, kind of. One of those games always, they kind of like bring up that historical rivalry thing. Kind of in our lifetime, we've had a tough playoff loss there. We've had some big playoff wins there. Uh, I don't know know if you remember when Jeff Garcia was at the helm and Terrell Owens was playing, like going off, talking smack, and Michael Strahan said, why don't you look at the scoreboard? And the Niners still came back and won, so it was like, oh boy. I watched my dad lose his mind that day, and then my brother and I got to watch First Blood for the first time. Good time. I'm taking the points, baby. I'm rolling with the Giants. I've gone this far. Taking them in back-to-back weeks. This is probably stupid. I'm probably not going to get a point for this. I've I've gone this far. There's something something that's telling me on a Thursday night, on a short week, on a team that is riding high, steadily increasing momentum, that they will not lay down and die in this game, whether Saquon plays or not. And they will take that. They're not going to win. But they will cover. By golly, they'll cover. I hope. Dennis, you're such an idiot, which is exactly why I'm riding with you. And also- oh! Saddle up, partner. I will also take the Giants to cover the spread. Hey, 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 I, not- look at this. I, I don't know if you can see this. I wrote that. Where's the camera? Wrote down San Fran for you. I just assumed oh, you were going no. San Fran. I'm taking the Giants to cover, and a, a lot of this may come from garbage time. Giants, Ignorance is bliss, my friend. Just ride into the darkness. Let's do it. Giants are not going to quit. I agree with you. They're going to lose, more than likely. And if they don't, that'll be a very fun episode uh, after that. But the Giants are more than likely going to lose, but they are not a team to give up. I can expect some garbage time. Maybe they're down. 13, 14, garbage time. DJ finds a way in the end zone. San Francisco's defense kind of sits back a little bit. That's why the Giants get in there. So be it. But yes, Dennis, I agree with this. The Giants, especially if Dable does this play calling thing, Jalen Hyatt, uh, it gets going again. I, I, I think the spread will be taken care of in garbage time. I think our confidence of winning that game will be done by the time that happens. But I agree with you. I will take the Giants covering. All right. I love it. Uh, before we wrap it up, my lock, I'm riding with your boys. I'm taking the Lions as my lock this week. Who you got? You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, I never prepare for the lock question. Um, I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. That's my second choice. I just don't really, I don't trust them. Enough. Rams still have some playmakers, so if this thing becomes a shootout, I, you know, I don't love it, but can't really argue with it. I wrote down Rams like an idiot. Didn't even write down Lock. Don't even know what's going on. The juices are flowing, Matt. Too much giant stuff, you know. Anyway. We're excited after the second half. That's it. We're, we agree on all the same, on all the picks. The only one we differ on is New England and uh, the JATS. Check, check, check. Which will be fun to watch and how crappy it's going to be. 
So some of the crappiest games are some of the most enjoyable. Like who else? Like I mean, depending on. Well, I was even I was looking at the spread. I really wanted to go Washington Buffalo. Washington's getting a touchdown at home. Uh, they haven't looked great, but that was a great comeback. I mean, they were down sixteen nothing, twenty to nothing, twenty to three at one point. I'm trying and to. I know it's Denver. I know, but. So you're gonna get at least in your coverage. You're gonna get. So neither of us are going to get Patriots Jets. You're going to get Bills Commanders. Well, I mean, I have uh, the Sunday ticket, so I can watch anything I want. Yeah, you're fine. I was, but I was going to say, like, local cable, you would get Bills Commanders. And what am I going to get? I'm going to get uh, Broncos Dolphins. Yeah. Man, the poor Broncos, they're going to go over three. They they can't ha- they can't keep up with Miami. The meme that they've used now at Russell Wilson, where he's like Bronco Nation, like everybody, let's ride, yeah, let's ride, yeah, <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> oh, what a loser! <laughs> he has more money than I'll ever make in my life, but still, yeah, but still, I, I, I already have a sense that him and Sean Payton absolutely hate each other. Sean Payton already called him on his crap. He already told him to stop, running. stop trying to impress everybody. You're a quarterback in the NFL. He was like, you're not running for political office. Yeah, like, I think Sean Payton walked in there, being with the Giants for so long, being with the Saints, you're kind of in that blue-collar, gritty, like, places of the country. And now you're coming out and watching someone like Russell Wilson, who has gone complete diva at the quarterback position. That usually doesn't happen. And you're watching him like, dude, what are we doing? Get all to yourself. Take off the Gucci belt. Put on some Wrangler jeans. Go out there and throw some damn touchdown passes for me, okay? Wrangler jeans, oh, man. Bags, right. blue-collar yeah. jeans, no? Dennis, that is, uh, that's all. You prefer Duluth Trading Company? No, I just I have not worn, like, actual denim jeans in so long. Um but all the, the only corduroy guy, the only thing, I, what the big corduroy guy? I've been wearing these like I've been wearing. I don't even know what you call them. Like, Spanks. Yeah, they're like slacks to an extent. Are they chinos? Like, showing, off, showing off a little ankle. You have slacks and denim. Like had a kid. Like that's also shout out to TJ Maxx. Like TJ Maxx been like a godsend lately. Like I go TJ Maxx is in the first floor of our apartment building. It's three floors below me, like down a half a block. And you can go in there on a Monday and then go in there again on like a Thursday or Friday and everything's different. It's incredible. And it's, and the best part is, and you'll appreciate this as a golf guy, they put the, the original prices, they leave it on there and they put the TJ Maxx price. It's like, I've gotten Callaway. Well, yeah, that's how they get you. They're like, Ooh, look how much I'm saving. I got Callaway shorts and the Callaway logo is on there. So I know it's legit. And I got Callaway shorts, two of which were both priced at like 85 bucks. And I got them for 15 bucks. Yeah. There's something they I'm run, whatever, whatever their thing is where it's like, they're technically like defects somehow on like the assembly line. There's something that right. isn't right, but there is no notice. Like there's no noticeability at all. Right. No, I'm wearing. I'm literally wearing the Callaway ones right now, and they're extremely comfortable. And I got them seventy dollars less than they were. No one can tell any defects. Ooh, hello. Hey, I wish our. That's why we need to get this live so our listeners. I was can. about to say. I 
he stood he stood up with uh such gusto. Yeah. But hey, before before Dennis he didn't wrap, have any pants on, he was scared the younglings. But... Before Dennis wraps up the show, uh our Philadelphia listeners, Philadelphia Matt and Dennis listeners, I will be at the game, Temple, Miami, Saturday at the link, 3:30, rain or shine. It's gonna be the worst weather imaginable. I am looking at purchasing a Temple rain jacket. So I will be uh uh probably Xfinity Live at the bars there. Johnny Brenda's at some point in Philadelphia. Maxie's on the Temple campus. So, obviously, all of our Philadelphia listeners, come find me. Uh, I will be at the game until probably halftime when we're down uh, 40 to nothing. Uh, soaking wet. But it'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to be back. Go Temple. I hope you guys cover. I won't be I- betting on them, but I hope you cover. Minus 23 and a half, so I will be putting money on us to cover. Especially with the bad weather. I feel like yeah, well, the bad weather, but it's not like Miami strangers to playing in bad weather. So They're not, but it's it might be a little chillier than they're used to. So I'm hoping, you know, they know they're going to be Temple more than likely. It's going to be in the low 60s. Going to put on a sweater. Maybe we could force a turnover at some point. Who knows? Grab some thermal underwear. I'm going to be dressed. Um, I'm looking at a rally house right now online to get a temple rain jacket. So, Yeah. What about a little hat, a little bucket hat? Maybe some galoshes? I'm just wearing this with the rain jacket. Sure. We're looking forward to be back, being back up there. It's going to be a good time. That's all I got for you. You got anything else? Go Giants, as always. But Giants indeed. Appreciate everybody tuning in per huge. Uh, hope everybody enjoys the little pick, our NFL picks graphic that I created. I know I'm just a wonder kid. I can do it all. Uh, it goes up live every Sunday on our Twitter, on our, we should just probably create an Instagram, but I'm just posting it on mine. But uh, it, do- it doesn't really matter. So um, if you want to share it, I guess when I make it, I could send it to you. It's not that big of a deal, but it Pretty much, we get social media manager Lauren on her game, and I've been waiting for two years. I don't know what she's doing. And and then Dennis, I'll see you in about uh, a month. Almost a almost a month to the day. Yeah. Thursday will be uh in a, oh wait twenty twentieth or twenty first. Twenty first is the cutoff, and then uh, the RSVP cutoff, and then twenty first of October. Is... I should probably get on that, huh? I assumed you were going. Never know. I might have something going on in the States. I can't get to New Jersey. Don't drink water. All right. Follow us on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. Uh, Look out for the NFL picks. They post Sunday morning. It's myself, Matt, of course, the peanut gallery that we will mention every week. Uh, Unfortunately, we're not taking any more applicants. Why? Because the graphic is only so big, and it took me forever to get everybody's name on it. That's a... I was going to go pictures, and then I was like, no, nah, I'll just do the peanut gallery. That's funnier. I was extremely, Dennis, extremely impressed. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I try. Did it on Saturday while I was slugging brews, watching a quote-unquote bad college football slate. Turned out to be a great college football slate. So not as good as this weekend's going to be, but nonetheless still pretty good. Uh, everybody wants to ride with me. Notre Dame plus 130. They're also three-point underdogs at home. Also hammering Iowa plus 14 and a half at Penn State. I know it's a whiteout. I know Penn State looks great. That game is going to be a dogfight in the trenches. Two very good defenses. 
it ain't gonna be a two touchdown game. Penn State's, gonna, Penn State's gonna win. They're not gonna lose, but not to, not not by two touchdowns. I I may have a Venmo uh, to send you. Yeah, you let me know beforehand. Seven thirty game, I think. Unfortunately, they that game has to compete with Notre Dame, Ohio State. I of course will have them both on, but you know. I will have many drinks in my system after Temple, Miami, and getting uh, very soaked and uh, probably Is getting no betting in Philly or in Pennsylvania. I think there is, isn't there? It is. So Friday night, I'll never mind. Never mind. I'll be good. I'll be able to do my own. Let's say. Pretty sure they were. Uh, so that's it. Like I said, follow us on Twitter or don't. I don't really care. You can follow us. Dennis D Menace 21, M Scars 391. We post more there than we do on the actual Matt Dennis pod. We kind of just post the podcast that's- and then we share it there. So that's yeah, true. I don't really post anything, but Matt does. He talks about Bonnaroo, talks about fish, talks about not the animal fish, but the band, the guys that play with instruments. <laughs> Back of the garden again, New Year's Eve for your Fortnite run. Okay. Well, this outro has gone on long enough. For Matt, I am Dennis. Appreciate appreciate you as always. Remember, no second episode this week. This is all you're getting, folks. You're getting one and done. We will be back next week, though, hopefully with two, maybe three. Who knows? We'll just do one every single day. We'll just have to get someone else to edit them because I don't have the time to do that. Why the heck not? Signing off, Mateo. Adios. Adios.